0: Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, author, worship leader, an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene, and most recently, a hospital chaplain. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss things that are on my mind. The Voices in My Head. Music, movies, books pop culture, theology, and more are all on the table as I discuss them here with friends and colleagues and sometimes just by myself processing what I'm learning in the moment. Make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes, tweeting to me at Rick Lee James on Twitter, and by joining my mailing list at rickleyjames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. By the way, in case you are interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at Mr. Rogers Save, where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the loudest voices in my head, which is ironic because he was such a quiet person. Also, if you do want to be notified about all of my latest releases,
1: not just this podcast, sign up for email notifications on my Substack page found at rickleejames.com. Well,
0: I guess that's it for the intro, so let's get to the latest episode of Voices in My Head,
1: the Rick Lee James Podcast.
0: Hey friends, Rick Lee James here. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. I wanted to let you all know that this episode was recorded on location in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I was actually a guest on the Michael in the Middle podcast. Michael Johnson is an old friend of mine, and uh, he has a great podcast that I really wanted you to hear, and um, he was gracious enough to have me on as a guest on March 20th, 2023. Uh, I was actually in town uh, because of Fred Rogers' 95th birthday day celebration, which was held at the Steinway Piano Gallery. And uh, I believe you're going to get to hear a little bit about that on the podcast today. But you can find Michael in the Middle on YouTube. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. But I wanted to uh, give you a chance to listen to the audio of this. Although if you go uh, to the Michael in the Middle YouTube channel, you'll be able to watch our conversation. Uh, it was a really nice time sitting in some comfy leather chairs and uh, having this conversation. Uh, Michael was so gracious to to interview me ask me about uh, my life and what I'm doing with it and my music and my podcast and all kinds of stuff and uh, I just really appreciate him and I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to share what he's doing on my program Voices in My Head so I hope you enjoy this conversation with me and Michael Johnson on the Michael in the Middle podcast.
2: Hey, I'm Michael, and this is Michael in the Middle. It's an intergenerational relational podcast for people who are interested in better human interaction. I'm glad you're here. Hey, welcome in uh, to episode 31 Um, so number 31 mean anything to you? Thirty-one. I wore thirty-one in softball, church oh. softball for a while. That's that's about the only attachment to thirty-one right now. Or thirty wonderful flavors, right? There you go. Baskin Robbins. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. good
0: stuff. I haven't had Baskin Robbins forever, so yeah.
2: This is uh Rick Lee James, a friend of mine of, of many years. And as is often the case, a purple river runs through it. Mm-hmm. The, Trebekah Purple, um, I think that's how we first came in contact with each I think other. So. Yeah. Although your folks had a connection to Dixon County and yes. Jason Chapel yeah. and Camp Garner Creek and all that way back, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, I used to, I went to high school in Dixon and that's actually where I met your dad the first time because awesome. he was always coming over to the campground. Yeah um and the the Ebs, you know that worked right. there they were good friends with them so i worked in the dish room on camp Garner creek for a while <laughs> and then uh, i graduated up to lawnmower uh right before i went to trevecca so my last summer was mowing yards all at the campground oh, that. that's great and those were good times sometimes I, I wish i could go back to then that was a that was a good time in my what, life
2: what is it about certain places you know yeah. just patches of ground that kind of get a hold of you I mm-hmm. mean that 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 area down there on yeah. uh, you know Garner Creek and Sam Hollow Road that that's very special to our family and mm-hmm. I I recognize that there are probably a lot of people who would be listening or watching who what are you guys talking about <laughs> well I'm talking about a place that has shared experiences mm-hmm. that end up meaning a lot to you and yeah. I think all of us have some of those kinds of places um, where were you where were you originally? You know, like born raised. and raised. Tell me a little bit about your family, of origin yeah. and all that.
0: Well, I was born in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and because my dad was a pastor, we moved a lot. So I kind of grew up in Kentucky, Indiana. Um, we lived uh, Tennessee for a bit. So when I was in high school, I was in Dixon, Tennessee for okay. most of my high school. Uh, and then moved to Trevecca, but we've, uh, gosh, they spent time in Florida. I've I've lived in North Carolina. I've been all kind of all over the places. Nice. So when you when you meet not just pastors, but I think Nazarene pastors, it mm-hmm. seems like there's a lot of moving around. And so that was definitely my life for for many many years. Yeah. Uh, however, I have lived just myself, I've lived in Springfield, Ohio for over 21 years now. It's, uh, wow, it's, I'm, nice. I'm the I'm the long-termer of the family, I guess, and I stay in one place.
2: I, I've traveled so much, and I remember um, uh, going with the Trevecca basketball team to a, a Cedarville basketball game because yeah. we organized a, an alumni event around that. And uh, apropos of, of nothing at this point, just remembering – places that I've stayed and, and, and traveled to and all that. Springfield is a really interesting town. And it probably has one of the coolest courtyards by Marriott mm-hmm. of anywhere I've ever it stayed does. for that for that brand. You know, yeah. it's an older building that they made a, a really cool hotel out of it. And uh, so Springfield for 21 years. What yeah. took you there?
0: I went as a youth pastor, actually. And while I was there, our... Senior pastor left, and our music pastor left, and they needed somebody mm-hmm. to do music. And um, when I went, the church didn't even know I did music. I just yeah. kind of went uh, as as following a call. I wasn't sure why, um, but I felt like I was supposed to be there. Um, and then little by little, um, yeah, it, it led into other things. And I've, I've been on staff. I still am on staff part-time at that church at Home Road Church of the Nazarene. Um, But it's evolved into other things over the years. So they gave me permission probably close to 15 years ago now to where when I have an invite, I'm allowed to go and do concerts and other places. And that allowed me the freedom to do things, um, not only at my local church and have a base there, um, because often when you're doing music, it is during the week. It's not always on Sunday. (laughs) Um, So I get to be at church a lot of the time. Uh, but it enabled me to, I knew I was supposed to be doing more with songwriting and kind of broadening that ministry. So it enabled me to do some stuff with Lifeway Worship here in town with Craig Adams, you know, a few years ago. And we did an album with Lifeway called Hymns, Prayers, and Invitations. So that opened up some more doors of doing like congregational worship music, not only at my church, but in other churches and um, I, I played at uh, one or two of the national worship leader conferences, you know, when they came through and then that happened here at Treveca a few years back Great. too. Yeah. And so it all kind of overlaps. Um, but, but I have been, yeah, at that same church with those good people in Springfield for a long time. They put up with me. That's beautiful. It's <laughs> so. beautiful.
2: Um, I know you, I know you at least play guitar and piano uh-huh. because I've seen that in your video. Mm-hmm. Which came first? Did you play the piano or the guitar first?
0: Guitar definitely came first. I, I tried piano as a kid, but I just didn't take to it. I always feel like if you're a musician, you have to find that instrument that clicks for you before the other ones do. And uh, I mean, I had tried violin as a kid. I'd tried trombone. I'd tried, you know, I wanted to do other things. But when I was about 15 at Camp Garner Creek, right on, you know, my dad was pastor in that church um they paid for me to get guitar lessons and i started playing then and i just took to it like a a duck to water as they say it was just really i felt like at the time it was the only thing i was good at you know it was just kind of like wow this is great i finally found my niche and that opened me up to piano and harmonica and mandolin and you know banjo all these different other instruments so uh but definitely guitar came first it's kind of my first love musically
2: did you uh do you find yourself just wanting to play all the time?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And being so far out in the country, for the listeners who might know where Camp Garner Creek is, um, I mean, it was it was a good. Uh, the the joke is we we were so far out in the country we go toward town to hunt. You know, I love thing. that joke. So that's that's, yes. a, that's the old joke. I love it. I can't yeah. remember who said it. Not, but that was, <laughs> it felt like that. You know, so there wasn't a lot to do other than. You know, when I wasn't mowing grass or in the dishroom. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, yeah, sometimes three, four hours a day, I would just sit and play. I just loved it so much. And I wanted to be like a, a career studio musician, but uh, I'm I'm still not good enough to do that. Those guys are amazing when they come in and play.
2: Well, it's the guitar has, you know, its own unique way of connecting to a listener's ear. I mean, every instrument has the capacity to be, Sort of experienced in different ways Mm -hmm. by listeners, but uh, I I have to admit that guitar music, I play piano a little bit and Mm -hmm. I love to hear great uh, keyboardists, but I don't know, there's something about a guitar that just has an expression, Mm -hmm. an expressive ability all its own, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so, I grew up, I'm a a little bit older than you, but um, I I grew up listening um, to. A brand of music that could could be, I guess, led by, headlined by Glenn Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the '60s and '70s, um, Glenn Campbell and Eddie Arnold and people like that. Yeah. Um, a little bit country, but very melodic, mm-hmm. and 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 you could add strings to it. And it was, yeah. but you know, like Glenn Campbell. I mean, is is he somebody that you have? Yeah. Who, who were your guitar influences? Well, That's what I want to
0: know. I did like Glenn Campbell's playing. He was a little bit probably before my time sure. when he was popular. But I got to be a fan of his when I found out like what a versatile musician he was. So he was playing... Uh, you know, in, in recording studios, I think, in California back in the 60s and yes. 70s on so many, like, famous yeah. sessions. And yeah. I, I think he played on some of the famous Beach Boys. Oh, yeah, definitely like Beach that. Boys. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so you wouldn't suspect it, you know. when no, like, Rhinestone you know. Cowboy, yeah. but he played on a lot of hits that were yeah. not even his hits. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I... I loved country guitar players like Vince Gill and Ricky Skaggs and Steve mm. Warner and people like that. Yeah. And I would try to play like Chet Atkins as much as I could. Oh, man, but, yeah. Um, so I, I kind of dabbled at a lot of those things. But then there was a real kind of a rock and roll side to it that I liked as well. So I would listen to, you know, it was kind of scandalous back then, but Jimi Hendrix, you know, I'd kind of yeah. sneak that kind of <laughs> yeah. music in to try to learn um, I loved Eric Clapton and yeah. bluesy type musicians sure. of that era, yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, so I just, I just loved anything with the guitar. So at one point or another, um, music kind of shifted to where the focus became singers that could play and sing. You know, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't just that they were good singers. Yeah. Uh, like then when by the time Brad Paisley came around several years ago. And that guy could play anything on guitar, right. I mean, and, and even would do instrumental albums. Uh, it was like, yes, that's, you know, this, <laughs> this, I, this is the kind of music I like, you know, I love that. Um, Stephen Curtis Chapman became a big influence because he's, I'm not sure a lot of people know what an, a versatile musician he is outside of just the songwriting. I Yeah, I was going to say, guitar.
2: he's he is probably one of the more underrated guitarists. Mm-hmm. You know, for singer-songwriters yeah. that that we're all aware of, we we think about the great songs. But man, I, I I've seen him live several mm-hmm. times, and and even in subsequent years, you know, you'd see things that he's recorded. I mean, guy, yeah. he is a virtuoso.
0: You're yeah. right, yeah, yeah no doubt. And and on so many instruments, he'll come yeah. out and <laughs> grab a dobro and play in the middle of a rock song, and you're like, wow, well, it yeah. sounds great. You know, so yeah, it's. it's I
2: that. I remember, uh, as, you know, as a teen. Uh, David Gates and Bread and I don't know if that mm-hmm. name means anything to you at all but David Gates was a son of a Baptist or Assembly God pastor mm-hmm. and he's lead singer for Bread and he you know wrote a lot of their songs and but I think I I think I remember this correctly I think he played 17 different instruments wow. and played wow. them well mm-hmm. you know it's like you were talking about how learning guitar then allowed you yeah. you know to start learning other instruments yeah. as well that's that's so cool what's a what's the first song you ever wrote
0: Oh, my goodness. I, you don't want to hear the first one I ever really <laughs> Uh I, I remember playing one. Um, gosh, I couldn't even remember the song now, but I think it was called Almighty was the name of Almighty. it. I remember playing it for my church. Um, and I didn't know quite what went into songwriting at yeah. all. I'm still learning at this point, you know, decades later. But um, it was... Not something that was probably a very good song, but it meant a lot to me. And I was expressing my faith as a teenager. I remember doing that in church. And I remember a lot of encouragement from the church people when I I played it. Um, And I also learned that a lot of guitarists suffer from... uh, sounding like bob dylan when they're learning to play and sing uh i remember that was one of the first comments you sound like bob dylan and i, went, I do you know so i had to i had to learn to like some vocal techniques I wouldn't, I wouldn't
1: sound like this when i sang all the time but you know it's just it's
0: kind of interesting for me you have to work not to sound that way sometimes because you're so wrapped up but uh, but yeah, that so that would have been probably the first song. Um, That's cool. But I, I don't even know where the lyrics would be I at that point.
2: I want to get into a couple of songs that you've written, you know, uh, um, as as we go along and, and maybe one here in just a minute. But um, you're here in Nashville, mm-hmm. came down from Springfield, Ohio. And I, I know this, but I'm setting this up because I want you to, uh, it, it's going to allow us to, to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the reasons why. We're involved in some of the things that we are. So Mm -hmm. just tell the folks what brought you to Nashville on this particular trip.
0: Okay, what a lot of people don't know about me is I run a Twitter account called, you can find it, at Mr. Rogers Say. I was going to call it Mr. Rogers Says, but I ran out of letters on Twitter, so I couldn't do it all. Um, But that is a site where every day I just put out quotes from Fred Rogers. He used to do Mr. Rogers Neighborhood um it just caught on and grew and grew and grew it has like i, I don't know well over 90,000 followers at this point of just a is lot is that of, right oh yeah just so many people and i have uh, uh one day you know celebrities pink will retreat it tweet it, or something and then i have you know 500 more followers or zachary levi you know he'll that's wonderful some, yeah it's just amazing and it's a very kind community Um, so at the time of our recording on on the 20th of march uh, it would have been fred rogers 95th birthday so there is a special album being released uh, today it's it's a deluxe edition of some stuff that's been done in the past Um, and this is a new edition and so there's artists doing the music of fred rogers so it's everybody diverses um jackie Velasquez, sandy patty lee greenwood john cicada um uh, I, I the the list is really long and I I, can't, I think Ricky Skaggs is on this That's one. That's amazing. Um, Kelly uh, Pickler. Uh, so anyway, tonight is an event at the Steinway Piano Gallery because uh, Fred Rogers played Steinway pianos, mm. um, and a friend of mine who produced this album he's kind of putting on this event. And he's really leading the charge of trying to get Fred Rogers' music into the great American Songbook, which is oh. which is usually like you know these jazz standards and yeah. come. But Fred Rogers was so prolific, but because I have such a large presence related to Fred Rogers, which I love, I love being associated with that kind of <laughs> kindness. Um, usually um the, they'll reach out when there's a project or something like that going on. So I'm I'm kinda here today to celebrate the life of Fred Rogers on what would have been his ninety fifth birthday. I love that. And they're cool. gonna have some wonderful musicians there tonight and I'm just looking forward to kind of well, good for you man. sitting and watching and being a part of it. So yeah. I, I came for one day just to be a part of this and, uh, and to visit with you. <laughs> that well that's
2: I, I'm I'm honored uh to to have you here um on the pod. I it I'm still relatively you know new at the game i'm I'm working on that and uh and all but i i I want to talk a little bit about why I'm doing this because it relates to a song that you wrote but mm-hmm. why why are why are you podcasting why are you doing yeah. you know the twitter thing that you're doing what what's yeah. some of the background for why you got involved yeah. in
0: it Well, I started, um, I have a couple of podcasts I do. One is called, my main one is called Voices in My Head, the Rick Lee James podcast, which we now have over 500 episodes on,
1: unbelievably. That's amazing, yeah. Um,
0: And I originally started that because when I was doing music, I felt like it would be a good way to kind of be an extension to that. For uh, me to not only get, more of a presence and, and to meet more people, but also it was a way that I could just meet people that interest me. And, sure. And so I have had, over the years, um, the reason I call it Voices in my head is I didn't want to be stuck to just one topic. Sure. So we've had, uh, one of my favorite episodes was, if you've seen the movie Groundhog Day, yeah. the, the actor Stephen Tobolowski played um, Ned, Ryerson, Ned the Ryerson, the insurance Ned. salesman. Um, and he's been in so many movies, TV yeah, tell shows for that first step. It's a, <laughs> it's a comenz- diz- Exactly. Um, well, he, <laughs> uh, he wrote a great book called my adventures with God really? about, about his kind of recapturing his Jewish faith. And yeah. so, uh, when he was doing that book, like, I was like, I want to talk to him and, and hear Yeah. So episodes like that have become for me, like some of my very favorites, because they're really mm. people that are involved in, whether it be songwriters I have on, uh, whether it be. Um, actors or authors or sometimes pastors and occasionally it's just me with things on my heart things in my mind Um, I just love doing that and I love meeting people and kind of picking their brains and matter of fact uh, last week I recorded an episode with Shane Claiborne who would be somebody you would really love love Uh, and I've had Shane on a couple times and he has a new book that's you know about rethinking life and and rethinking not just from the aspect of being pro-life about babies being born, but what does it mean from Certainly. womb to tomb, really yeah. being Christian to honor life and right. the life that yeah. God gives. So conversations like that have been, you know, so meaningful. And that's, that's one reason I did that podcast and the so other you one. You got voices in,
2: in my head. <laughs> and then there, there's a second um, one.
0: The other one is related to the Fred Rogers stuff. It's called welcome to the neighborhood. and uh, Fantastic. I've, And I've had a number of people that, we're not only just influenced and like people that I mentioned that are on the album tonight, they've come on and, and talked, but uh, people that knew Fred Rogers or, or people that have written books about him, artists that do like children's books related to that. So that's been kind of another fun outlet, but um, that's, that's just been, those are the two podcasts I do, uh, but Voices on My Head is the most regular one. Every Wednesday, a new episode
2: comes uh, out. Want to run a clip of uh, your, your song that, talks about loving your enemies what's the exact title it's called love our enemies love Love our enemies Mm -hmm. so we're going to play a a little clip of that song and then I'll come back and talk to you about it a little bit okay
1: okay God has made this declaration through his son the of peace If we will enter in His kingdom we must love our enemies Lord deliver us from hatred prejudice and cruelty Come, remove discrimination, that the truth may set us free, Lord and Maker of creation.
2: So Rick, um, when I first started thinking about this um, podcast idea,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it was actually sort of a part of a progression of things that I've been thinking about for a long time. I mean, emotionally, um, dispositionally, I often have found myself in between people, you know, on the on the edges, you know, the mm-hmm. of or polar opposites or extremes or. Mm-hmm find myself being friends with people who aren't friends with each other yeah. and, and things like that. And so, you know, I, I, there's nothing heroic in any of that. It's just kind of how I've found myself. And so this podcast, Michael in the middle is not just about trying to take a middle road. Um, theologically, you know, J- Jesus was, was on a cross between two yeah. extremes, so to speak mm-hmm. The cross. was in the middle of, of, of you know, human history and, and that, so there's a little bit of theological underpinnings to all of that. But, um, this song, Love Our yeah. Enemies, just really hit me beautifully. I, mm. I, I believe that we ought to be able to get along better, even if we don't agree, yeah. you know? And so what I would like to know in terms of the creative process, where'd that song come from? How long did it take to write? What, what's been, Tell, tell me about that song and, and maybe some of its impact.
0: Well, thanks for that question, actually. Um, I think it came from originally me just struggling through the hard teachings of Jesus. You know, how how do you love your enemies? Really, you know, um, it's, it's hard enough to love the people you love sometimes. <laughs> um, to go into a, a whole other area of, I think, the spirit of it and what Jesus is offering us is not just that we love in word, but in action in a way that we hope and pray that our enemies could actually become no longer enemies, but actually friends, you know, that there could be a transformation, not only in them, but in us too, you know, that, that maybe the ones that we've forgotten how to love are our enemies, maybe it's not so much them forgetting how to love us. So... I wrote it initially as, as kind of a hymn. I wanted it to be like a modern hymn that we could sing. And it had a lot of different structures to it in the beginning, but I knew I wanted it to be in a structure that hopefully churches could sing and and find some place in their congregations. Um, so the original feel of it had a, had a very hymn-like feel, for lack of a better word. It could have been something you would hear from like a Wesley song or something yeah. like that. Uh, but then that didn't feel right. Funny story about this was because so often you're writing songs and you don't always realize what you're being influenced by. When I went into the studio to record that in New York, um, the guys started listening and they said, This melody sounds, because uh, I changed it two or three times.
1: And they yeah. Said,
0: they said, This melody um, sounds an awful lot like what a beautiful name it is. The, the <laughs> and, and I listened and I went, Oh, man, it does. So I, I had to change it again in the studio to make yeah. it kind of what it was. Yeah. Uh, so it was literally like being rewritten, you know, five, six, seven, eight times before it was in the final form. And I'm so glad they caught it when it was in the studio. Certainly, yeah. Because sometimes you'll go in with a song. I, I've heard other artists say that. And to my knowledge, that's the first time it happened to me in that way. But I was like, oh, no, I, it's too similar. So we got to change it. But the way that it that it turned out, um I didn't know when I was releasing it that we would be in such a kind of pivotal moment as a nation yeah. where um at the time that the video came out, I think we were right in the midst of George Floyd happening. We we're in the midst of you know uh, people yelling on one side to the other, you know there's Republicans here, Democrats right. here, never the Twain show not only meet but even talk to each other right. you know yeah. um and it just felt like making the music video the way it was, was important to like show things that were happening in our world at the time. So there's all kinds of of riots going on in the video. There's people with picket signs. There's, you know, just, it's kind of a a glimpse into where we were as a culture at that moment. So I felt like the music video was just as important, like as the song, it it felt like a time capsule, you know, in the moment where we were. Uh, And in fact, when we recorded the video for the song, we were kind of in the midst of the pandemic still. And we were, some of us not even sure if we wanted to be in the same room without masks on when we were recording. And we were still trying to figure out how do we, how do we love each other? Well, you know, in this time there was not a vaccine. There was not any, you know, like it was still so new. Nobody knew, what to do exactly. And that's a that was a very eerie feeling. I mean, we all that lived through it will always remember that, kinda like, should I be breathing the same air right now? Mm-hmm. And so there were there was just so many questions swarming through, but all of it was about struggling with that teaching of Jesus. You know, what what does it mean to to love those people who we've forgotten how to love? And how do wow. we actually live out the the, the true call of Jesus, and I don't think it's just a metaphor. I think he really wants us to try to do that. And Yeah,
2: I, I think about this a lot uh, as more and more friendships have been made available to me by people who do not necessarily follow after mm-hmm. Christ. They they're, They represent different religions or no religion at all. Mm-hmm. And man, I want to be the kind of person that represents who Jesus really is mm-hmm. in, in a way that would be winsome or enticing to them as opposed to a further dividing line, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And I, I wonder sometimes how we're doing on that front, but I don't want to get too bogged down on that. I just really like yeah. the song. Well, thank you. And uh, congratulations on the, the really fine production of it. Tell me about The band, who's in that room with you that wasn't sure they wanted to be together?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the band was uh, mostly made up of people from my church back in Springfield, Ohio. They're not the ones that are playing on the album. Uh, On the album, uh, most of the musicians, uh, I played several of the instruments, and then the ones that were not me were, there's a band called Brothers McClurg, which are are really great out of New York. And I recorded it in their, in their studios, Old Bear Recording Studios. Nice. And um, so it was kind of a, a, a different sort of flavor. And, and Old Bear and, and them, they actually were just a part of this, producing this new Rich Mullins album that just came out, Bellsburg, um, with UTR Media. So. Um, there's a lot of intersect with like people in Nashville and my friends in New York and kind of everybody all. And you're together. right there in the middle right of it there in Ohio. In the of right it in Ohio. <laughs> um, so we had a different crew in the studio and then we had in the video, yeah. but everybody learned their parts and came in and played. And um, it was, it was a great way. And it gave some ownership to everybody too. I feel like when we did it, you know, morning.
2: getting in the middle of things like this and I'm obviously because of the name of the podcast, but also just my own natural bent toward things being in the middle of a situation or, or being in between two extremes in terms of schools of thought and all of that that's not a lukewarm stance you know mm-hmm. I mean I know like biblical admon- admonition from Jesus I'd rather you'd be hot or cold
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, you know I I think I think it takes a lot of resolve sometimes to be in the middle of people yeah. in the middle of situations um, and there has to be some sort of ballast there you know to use a a a term from you know being out on the water and and if 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 you don't if you don't have that balance in the middle the Mm -hmm. thing that helps keep you afloat you know you you can you can take on water from one side or the other You know, i i uh i think it takes a lot of commitment to try to stand in between situations and and people and and uh whether that's been your intention or not, the, the messages of your music seem to have indicated that, that that's kind of where you, you find yourself a lot yeah. of times. You yeah,
0: know? well, thank you for that. I think I think I do. And, and you know, it's, it's not even always, I don't think we can always stay in that middle ground, right. but I think there are ways to figure out where if we can speak the truth in love, we can maybe, for the people we would consider enemies, for their own good, if, if we would ask that question, what would love require of us, you yeah. know, in those moments, you know, um, sometimes, sometimes you're right. It's just trying to be in that central spot, but sometimes it's right. also wherever side we have to pick, how the, do we do that? Yeah.
2: Library? The, the, yeah. uh, the, the analogy that I would draw for what i I see the middle as being a bridge between yeah. two sides of a chasm or a mm. river or whatever. And, And sometimes you're stretched all the way out on both sides, Mm -hmm. but you're standing there in the middle, giving people an opportunity to, you know, walk back and forth across, you know, toward each other. And and, um, yeah, I mean, I I don't, I have very strong opinions about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I try to never let those get in the way of an opportunity to have a constructive conversation about any issue, you know? Um, But yeah, I mean, and I do get accused sometimes of, of being, Mm-hmm. You know, but a w- little bit wishy washy or whatever. You know, because yeah. I am, I am trying to be in that in that place. Mm-hmm. But love, love our enemies is a is a great and wonderful message, Um, and I, I appreciate it very much. Tell me about your family. Where'd you where'd you meet your wife? And
0: uh, at my church, actually, yeah, in Springfield, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, in Springfield, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this is going to be. um, yeah, this month actually is going to be another anniversary for us. So, awesome. uh, so that's an exciting thing and we have um one son named Alex. He's 10 and uh we just boy we love that kid to death and um and then we have um we have he will tell you sometimes he has four brothers and sisters in heaven um that didn't four. make it. Yeah. Yeah, we had Was a number that- of losses.
2: Is that, uh, well, let's let's talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. because you, there's another beautiful song. Um, was it based on a psalm or mm-hmm. is it just, uh, the, the, I know the, the subtitle the, the is The Babies is, We Lost.
0: Yeah, the, the chorus is based on the 23rd Psalm, just the Lord is our shepherd walking through us through the, the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the song we, we have had the misfortune that a lot of people have had of uh, losing babies before they were born, you know? Um, And that's a a very painful loss. And sometimes it's, it's a loss that gets forgotten because people never met the baby. Mm -hmm. You know, we're the only ones that, especially, especially uh, if you have a spouse that has carried a child and then lost it. Um, It is a significant loss uh, to, to the mother, especially, because I, I can't even, Uh, those of us who are fathers probably can't even relate to that depth of loss of having a living being inside of you and and, and having to... Very heartbreakingly, say goodbye when you didn't want to, you know. Mm-hmm. So we we've gone through that four times, and uh, my my wife has uh, four different rings on her her fingers mm-hmm. with the the names of those children, and then one with uh, our son who is here with us. Um, all of their names and the the dates, you know, when when we lost them. And um, I was just trying to find a way to kind of work through some of my grief that I was going through and that my wife was going through, and um, I just wrote this song that really is a letter to the babies that we lost. Um what would I what would I say to them? Um and and what what do I want to say to them is they're with God right now. And um and so the the verses are telling them about you know um Well, I'll about,
2: tell you what. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'd like to do. <laughs> Let's play, let's play a couple of minutes of that song, and then we'll come back and
1: talk about it. If the Lord is our shepherd, he's walking with us Through the valley of the shadow of death And though the long dark night is swallowing us He will not give up what is his He restores our soul you, but we love you. Rest in the arms of him who loves you. Lean on the everlasting arms. We never met you, but we love you. We never met you, but we love you. Rest in Arms. If the Lord is our shepherd, then he is walking with us Through the valley of the shadow of death and Though the long dark night is swallowing us He will not give up what is His. He restores our soul. He restores our soul.
2: It's a beautiful song and a, a challenging word, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes words just fail, yeah. you know. I think that's one of the beauties of music. You can you can sing things that are hard to say
1: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and
2: you put it with a beautiful melody like you did on that yeah. piano. By the way, it's a beautifully shot video as Thank well. You. Thank you. So, much. I mean, I know it's hard to put an overlay on those kinds of experiences, mm-hmm. like where you would have something that let's say somebody's listening right now and either they personally have experienced this type of loss or, uh, you know, someone close to them or, a, mm-hmm. you know, a grandparent whose adult children have lost a child yeah. like this. Yeah. But what do you, what do you say yeah. to somebody who's experienced this kind of loss? You know, you carry a, carry a child. I mean, It's one, it's one thing to miscarry during the term, but you know, for people whose babies are born, you know, stillborn or or they die shortly after. I mean, I, I just, I'm a wreck thinking about it. What, how did you, how did you walk through that? And how have you helped, have you been able to help some other people who've experienced similar loss? Uh, I,
0: I sure hope I have. Um, (laughs) I I can still remember that being um, the one occasion in particular when we were in the hospital and you get that news that. Sorry, the heartbeat's just not there anymore, and um, it's the worst. It's just the, the it's the most terrible thing. I, you, there are no words, and I can remember just holding my wife and just praying the twenty third Psalm, not knowing what else to do at that point. Little did I know that a few years later, where I am now, um, the Lord has over this last couple of years called me into hospital chaplaincy work. So I'm I'm currently. Until August of this year, I'm, I'm finishing my my year of residency at a hospital, wow. and and so I'm I'm things are very busy right now with that, but I've been doing uh, clinical pastoral education CPE. Now, one thing that I've had the chance to do, and I didn't know I would have the chance to do this, is we a couple times a year um, at a cemetery nearby the hospital, we actually have a service. For parents who lost babies Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're stillborn Sometimes there's cases like ours But we do a service um, At the cemetery In a specific spot where their children are And they have Mm. little headstones For each one Mm. And I've had the opportunity to sing that song With my guitar At those services Mm. outside And last time we did it it was super cold And windy and it was going to snow But it was significant for those parents and those families to be able to come and gather around and just for us to be able to say to them, these lives really mattered, and they don't just matter to you, they matter to us. And as as I sing this song with my own questions and talking about my experience going through this, um, the way that has helped me is just to be reminded um, that they are resting in arms that are greater than mine. And uh, and I hope I'll have the chance, whatever whatever the other side of eternity looks like, I trust that they are well taken <laughs> care of. And I trust that one day I will see them. Yeah. And I don't know if that means I'll get to hold them one day. <laughs> I don't know what the, I just, we don't know. We haven't been there. So yeah. I don't know what the other side of eternity yeah. looks like. But whatever form that takes, however God allows that to happen... Um, I trust that just as my grandparents have gone before, just as people we love have gone before, that that we are all in those everlasting arms. Mm. We are right now on this side of eternity. We just don't always realize it, Yeah, but yeah. we are held. And so um, I have had several opportunities to be with families who are going through that loss and sometimes just being there because there really are no words. But I think God's answer to suffering is not an answer like this. Is why I think God's answer to suffering is I'm here.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm. Grief is a huge part of life. I mean it 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 finds us all at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah. But so does joy. Yeah. What are What are some of the things that are giving you great joy right now? Aside from celebrating Fred Rogers' yeah. birthday, you know <laughs> that's pretty joyful. That is yeah, pretty cool. I,
0: I do yeah. like that. Um, yeah I've you know my family gives me a lot of joy um, I really am enjoying hospital chaplaincy right now okay. I, I never thought that was in the cards for me I didn't even know what it was um, but i have I feel like I've become a different person through the training I'm receiving through being in in rooms with people every day um, and i'm I'm getting a lot of joy in looking at ministry in a different way than I ever did all these years i I used to think of witnessing. As being a person who proclaimed, let me tell you about Jesus. But what I have discovered, and I think there's an ambiguity, an ambiguousness, even in the scripture, when it says, go and be witnesses. I think we can also read that as not just go tell somebody. It can also be read as go listen to someone. Witness them. And so much of what I'm doing in hospital chaplaincy work is I am a ministry of presence where I witness them. And I, and I hear their lives um, because Matthew 25, whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. So I am learning to discover that behind every eye, behind your eyes as I'm sitting here, the eyes of Jesus. Mm. And every hospital room encounter I walk into, I've had to shift my paradigm from where I hope they see Jesus in me to how am I gonna meet with Jesus today and yeah. that person? It might be that Jesus is cussing me out and throwing stuff at me when I walk <laughs> in the room, yeah. you know. But there is something underneath that. Yeah. That person that's made in the image of God. There's yeah. there's something to that anxiety that's that's underneath there. And we will see as we minister to those people that Jesus is there in those situations. And uh, so I'm honestly that's that's taking up so much of my life right now yeah. doing that work. Even getting the time off to come down here this week, because um, if anybody's been in a residency program, it's a it's a pretty solid year of you know, like just doing that. Um, but that's given me a lot of joy, and I am currently writing. Uh, songs about my encounters that I hope is going to turn into an album. Cool. Um, I released a song uh, last this past summer called "As I Walk These Halls," which was about hospital chaplaincy work, and so I'm hoping that there'll be a full album by the time I'm done. Uh, that I want to call "As I Walk These Halls." That'll tell some of these stories of encounters of where I've met Jesus in the hospital. You know, so
2: what's uh. What's the funniest thing that's happened to you so far? Oh my goodness! As a chaplain, <laughs> obviously, in in, in yeah. hospitals, there's a lot of sadness and grief that happened. Yeah. To, but I know there's some funny stuff too from time to time. <laughs>
0: this this is what struck me funny. This was I heard it secondhand, so I think I'm safe okay. to tell it. I don't know all of the <laughs> yeah. uh, in HIPAA laws. I want to be careful
1: what I tell. Sure. Him.
0: But we had a, a a patient in one of our hospitals that um, didn't think he was going to get through the surgery thought okay. he was going to die and when he survived it, he woke up very upset. <laughs> and he started yelling at the doctors and the nurses and everybody. And and it was just, I was one of those situations like, that's interesting. He's mad that he lived through this, you know. So uh, human emotions are, are very interesting, yeah. especially when you're coming out of anesthesia. So there's been situations like that. I don't know how funny this is, but nothing can quite prepare you for the amount of uh, uh unclothed people you're going to walk in on from time to time, which is not always very funny. You're, you're kind of like, am I in the right room? But, you know, there are funny, humorous situations they have. They show the you end. the but, scar. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah, but you never. <laughs> that's okay. You don't have to show yeah. me. But, you know, people feel very free. You ever out. seen anything like <laughs> that? <laughs> not since the last time. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, That's great. Yeah. That's
2: great. Mm-hmm. Rick um with your music with your chaplaincy work with just your your daily living what's what really is the motivator now what what do you mm-hmm. for people who've never met you before what mm-hmm. what would you want people to know um you know obviously it just flows out of you to talk about your faith and your relationship mm-hmm. with the lord but what are some What's one or two other things that you you'd really like for people to know that's at the heart of what you hmm. you could if there's if, if you could just wave a wand and yeah. and some things could happen that what, what are what are what are some things like that, that that drive you each day
0: well that's a really good question um, I think I'm finding that um, not delaying and doing what it is you're being led to do is very important. Okay, like there there is some there is some wisdom in waiting sometimes. If there's like you know something controversial that's happening, um, but I think on the other hand, it's actually a good thing not to put off things too long. Yeah, um, because I'm I'm discovering um, there are there are things that need tending to in my own life, and and one thing that I've learned as a chaplain, which I think will apply to everything I'm doing now, is we have to be present to self first. And then we can be present to the presence. And then we can be present to others. And then we can help others be present to the presence. Um, But if we can't learn to be present to ourselves and the things that we're going through in in our time and and learning to to get to that, why am I experiencing these sensations and thoughts and urges and feelings in me? What is this disruption that's going on? It's much better to, to look into it and deal with it than it is to put it off and keep burying it and burying it and making things worse so if if i had you know any advice like magic wand sure it would probably be what i am learning is stop putting it off do as much as you can do the hard thing you've got to do when you need to do it yeah um and and i'm discovering that for me um that has opened up whole new things in life i used to suffer from migraines a lot Mm. i would get them Mm. you know four or five times a week and there what i didn't realize is there was some traumas i was holding on to and whenever through this chaplaincy process i started learning about those things that i was holding on to that i didn't even know was there and i rarely have a migraine anymore it's amazing the way that's fantastic and and i attribute it to partially doing the hard thing and you know, taking those steps. And I, 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 I hope that was a decent answer to your question. No, it's but- great. I think
2: it's wonderful. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. So. It's been great having you, man. Good to and, uh, I'm glad we were able to share some of your music with, with people, tell people how to get in touch with you, you know, yeah, just, uh, sure. look over yeah. there in the camera and, and, uh, you know, tell them <laughs> I, I want, I want people to, to be able to be aware of these different things that you're, Sure. Putting out there, do you, I know, like, do you have your own website? Or,
0: I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh dot com uh, is the best way probably to find all information about me. Um, I already mentioned the Mister Rogers Twitter. If you use Twitter, um, it's just at Mister Rogers say s-a-y and then um but yeah i just say rickleejames.com i used to have rickjames.com but because of the other rick james uh, i had to put my middle name in there because there was too much confusion online <laughs> you're not rick james you know but um yeah so rickleejames.com and also thank you for having me today this was so nice to be able to have this conversation while i, I'm I here love it now.
2: and i i i think uh, we talked about it you're you know probably be able to share this on your, on your podcast as well. So maybe it'll, uh, maybe we'll have an opportunity to introduce each other to, uh, you know, people we haven't met yet. Yeah. I I love that. I, I don't think there's a way to get too much good out there into the world. Hmm. There's enough, there's enough. And people who've listened to my podcast, it probably, you know, can predict about uh, half of what I'm going to say toward the end, but it's, (laughs) It's important to me to encourage people in all walks yeah. of life yeah. to just get out there in the middle of doing something good for somebody else. It it makes a difference for the world, but it makes a difference for us too in the yeah. process. There There is a very real sense in, in which the good that we do on behalf of another person does come back, you know, home to roost. Yeah. I, I really do believe that. And uh, it. It's a healthier way to live. It's a happier way to live, and uh, it's a more healing way to live too. Mm. And you're doing that, man. Yeah. Congratulations! Yeah. Great to have you, bro. Thank you. Good yeah. to
0: be with you today. Thank you so much.
2: That's episode thirty-one, and uh, it's been uh, it's been great to have you here. We'll uh, see you see you down the road.
0: Thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. Music on the intro and outro of this show is from my single As I Walk These Halls, which can be streamed on any streaming platform, including Spotify. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com, where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, schedule me for a concert, a speaking engagement, a podcast, or even a book signing in your neighborhood. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. The more positive reviews we receive, the more visible this podcast will be. And now, the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.